Hey there, Raptors fans. It's Gavin here. Welcome to the Raptors Review. This week, Ben, Aaron, and I, we discuss the four games the Raptors played this past week, how they did, if there was any bright spots, what were the low spots, if the team should tank, and uh, what did we think the direction of the Raptors should be from here. One thing's for sure, there's a lot of arguments and a lot of laughs. Let's dive right in. All right, so this week the Raptors played four games. They finished the week with a record of one and three. So it turns out none of us were right, guys, again. As usual. Aaron was so close, and then we found out Draymond Green and Steph Curry were sitting, and we knew we were getting that dub. Anyways, I'll move through it. So on Sunday night, the Raptors played the Portland Trailblazers and lost 122-117. to Then on Monday, they played the Detroit Detroit Pistons and lost 118 to 104. Then the Raptors went up against OKC. How could they lose this one? Well, they did. And that was 113 to 103. Finally, in a strange turn of events, they went up against the Golden State Warriors who played without Draymond Green or Stephen Curry. And they won 130 to 77 breaking the all-time Toronto Raptors record for largest margin of victory. It was a massive blowout. This gives the Toronto Raptors a record of 19-30, and 30, puts them in 11th in the East, but only five games out of last place, and like only two out of 14th, you know what I mean? So that's pretty exciting, and with a net rating of plus 0.5. So we continue the trend of having an above-average net rating, but a way below-average record. Interesting. So four games this week, and I think they all have something to talk about. Let's start with this Portland Trailblazers game on Sunday. The return of Norman Powell. What stood out to you guys? What stood out to me is that the Blazers offense is really, really good. Having Damian Lillard, he's, he's one of the best offensive guys in the league. He, he stressed the Raptors defense so much doing the pick and roll. They had to double him all the time. And he was he was on fire shooting, and then now with Norm and CJ back, like they have, they have other guys that if Dame's passing to, and it's they're attacking a four on three or attacking a sloppy closeout, like they're gonna they're gonna kill you. So like the the, the Blazers' offense to me is for real; they're gonna be a problem. They have so many killers on that team. Like I haven't watched a lot of Portland this year, but CJ his dribble just seems so much tighter than normal, and he's just jacking up threes that he didn't seem to do that much in the past. Very impressive. I do think that their defense hinges so much on Nurkic and Covington. It puts so much stress on those two to kind of defend everything and then hopefully mm-hmm. do enough to outscore them on the other end. But they got three killers in that backcourt. Uh, it's a pretty exciting team for sure. I'd be happy if I was a Portland fan. This game was another close loss for the Raptors, a classic one where they just didn't have enough down the stretch. CJ put the game away with a couple buckets near the end and... It just led into a spiral of a depressing week for me and a happy week for Aaron. I I don't have a lot more words than that. Should we talk about the next game, which to me was just absolutely joyful? I remember watching this game being like, oh, no, this is going to be a Raptors win. This is going to be a Raptors win. Look who's look who Detroit's playing. I don't know if you guys have, have seen the box score for that game, but they, they, they were playing guys that I've literally never heard of before. They're playing Saban Lee. He got 26 minutes for them. Tyler Cook, 
who the fuck is Tyler Cook? Never heard of this guy before. And Detroit kind of, they won easily. They won pretty easily. They were just out competing the Raptors. It was, it was very impressive. You guys want to talk about the OKC game? That no, was I want to just dive into this Pistons game for a second because I, I was right there with you, Aaron. I was like, how can we possibly lose this game? I mean, like Isaiah Studert, the rookies getting 30 minutes. Uh, Diallo's getting 27. I just couldn't believe it. But Kyle Lowry had a pretty rough game. And actually, I think this is the game where he injured his ankle, right? We haven't seen him since. It's a bit scary. He had an awful game before that, and it didn't seem like any of the guys were clicking that well. Yeah, I think being the second game of a back-to-back, we looked pretty gassed. Um, It was an ugly defensive effort. And (laughs) when the Raptors are getting outworked this season, they're not good enough to win. And with all our guys coming back from COVID and the conditioning's not being the same, these losses are just brutal. I mean, when the Raptors shoot... 30% 30% from three and the Pistons shoot 50% from three. We can't really expect to win, but we got to do something to affect those three point shots. We're getting killed by opponent three pointers. Yeah. I think it just comes down to defensive effort and it's not there right now. Mm. I have some thoughts, but let's get to the OKC game. What a game that was. This is one of the most tankalicious squads we've seen in a long time. They're playing Theo Maladon. Uh, a late first round rookie uh they're playing isaiah roby i think a second round pick he, he's also a rookie they're playing moses brown who, who kind of looks i don't know he looked interesting this game a little spicy and both uh, roby Mo, both roby and brown they got double doubles on us uh yeah the the okc lineup is maybe like marginally better than most g league teams i would say like, well, yeah. like it's basically all fringe guys, rookies, second round picks. Like it's not good. But the Raptors got out rebounded by almost thirty rebounds this game. Like that's that's a, that's a problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I actually thought down the stretch there in the fourth quarter, the Raptors had a chance to win this game, and I was a little nervous because, to be honest, I'm kind of cheering for the tank at this point. Sorry, Raptors fans, but I was getting nervous we were going to end up winning. But then one glorious man stepped on the floor, Aaron Baines. And he went up for a defensive rebound. The ball bounced off his hands, his hands, and into the basket, scoring the Oklahoma City Thunder two points. It's the rare own goal in basketball. (laughs) Yeah, that point, I knew we were going to lose this game. There was not a chance we were winning it. But there was. Mikhailuk looked like white Kobe out there. Oh, yeah, he was crushing it, (laughs) crushing it. And you know who looked like Kobe on our squad? Gary Trent Jr., 31 point. Uh, He's only 22. Uh, but it was pretty exciting to see him ball out and that was pretty cool to watch even though the rest of the Raptors team was doing everything they could to lose it's crazy to me that OKC which is just basically a G League team at this point has two better centers than any center that we have on our roster and I'm not counting Chris Boucher so it's really just Baines Um, I think Boucher is more of a power forward but Moses Brown and Tony Bradley both looked like better, more competent NBA centers than Aaron Baines. And that's just depressing at this point. How have we not gotten a new center? Ben, you're looking at this the wrong way. This is actually a good thing for the Raptors right now. We want to be not winning games. We want to be getting the highest pick possible. So having Aaron Baines on the team is actually a blessing. 
I'm just not convinced that the organization is trying to tank. And so to me, this is a huge red flag for our front office. Well, they keep playing Bane, so that would indicate that they are trying to tank. So Because we as, don't have anyone else. As you see Bane's uh, minutes go up, you know the team is trying to lose. Yeah. Direct oh, correlation there. What about this Warriors game? Speaking of big losses, the Warriors took probably the biggest L of the season. Um, obviously, they didn't play... Draymond Green, they didn't play Stephen Curry, so they rolled out a pretty scrubby lineup. But you know what? The Raptors have been losing to scrubby lineups. So I figured this would be a tight game, if not a loss, for the Raptors. I could not have been more wrong. They ended up losing the game by... They ended up... The Raptors, sorry, ended up winning the game by 53 points. But at some points in the game, they were up like 62. And it was just an onslaught. Uh, Notable performances from Gary Trent Jr. again, a plus 54 in the game. That ties an NBA record for single player plus minus in a game. And Pascal Siakam plus 49 with 36 points. They just didn't have anyone that could guard him. Yeah, this, this loss for the Warriors was one of the most disappointing losses I think I've ever seen. The Raptors were 0-3 this week. I was so close to getting the prediction right. And then as the game goes underway, it's like, oh, Steph's not playing. Draymond's not playing. The Warriors did not come to play either. James Wiseman was awful. That's one of the worst single games I've ever seen. And, you know, it was just really devastating to me because I was so close to to nailing the 0-4 prediction. I got a little question for you guys, okay? So if you're trying to win one game, this is like the Space Jam kind of situation. You got to win one game to save the world. And, you know, the draft's gone pretty bad for you. You only have one pick left to get your starting center. And your only options are James Wiseman or Aaron Baines. Who do you take? Can I can I not play a center? No, can I put you have myself pick, on? You need one of these fifth. <laughs> you need one of this is your fifth player. They have uh, to play at least uh, 30 minutes. And you got to pick one of these two. Honestly, I, I would take Baines if I needed to win. Because he'll, he'll at least just like stay at the rim and like maybe contest people there. Wiseman is just, he's on skates. Mm. Yeah, I think Wiseman is more actively detrimental to the team because he also doesn't know his limits as a rookie. Baines knows he's bad and he still plays like it. But Wiseman is still trying to do lots of things that are just outside of his repertoire and is more actively damaging. So Wiseman, I guess, is a worse starting center than Aaron Baines, but... If the Warriors were trying to win, I don't think he'd be starting. So. Yeah, Lo- Looney's much better than him right now. Yeah, No doubt, no doubt. I feel bad for Steph and Draymond, though. I mean, they're getting older. Their contracts are sitting there. And, I mean, this team's got to do something. They have such a bad lineup outside of those two players. Yeah. yeah. How to get this dark this fast. Yeah, they had no one to guard Pascal Siakam. They put Juan Toscano Anderson on him. He, he just, like, fouled him every time because he couldn't stay in front of him. And then... Andrew Wiggins did an okay job, but he was also matched up on OG, and you know they, they didn't have anyone to match up. Normally, that would be Draymond, I would I would think, and that would have gone pretty well for them. Yeah, it's kind of crazy watching the two teams from the 2019 finals kind of duke it out two years later, and it just being like a bottom of the barrel matchup. It's yeah. amazing how fast a team can fall apart in this league. It just goes to show, never take anything for granted. Yeah, this season is also cursed. So let's get into some discussion questions here. We got some pretty interesting questions. Um, Aaron kind of came up with this one. And he, you know, since the Raptors COVID outbreak, we're two and 13. And, you know, it's been a a tough road 
who do you think are the players that, you know, haven't recovered from the COVID or are the ones just leading to this massive dearth of wins? So if we're not counting the sort of the COVID losses when Fred, OG, and Pascal were all out, um, if we're not counting those games, then the games where they came back, those those guys have been pretty disappointing, especially Fred and Pascal. Like they've had so few like efficient scoring nights that they've been sort of tanking the Raptors offense a bit, especially like Fred against OKC. Like he just couldn't get to the rim against these scrubs. Like, and you know, Pascal, he couldn't do anything against the OKC guys. They were just too long for him. And it's like, these guys are like second round picks. They're G league players. And he, and he couldn't exploit them at all, which is, you know, really concerning, I would say from, from long-term point of view, but, but maybe it's just, you know, the effects of COVID they don't have, any spring in their legs they can't get by guys you know like maybe it's just that too but i think those guys who are supposed to be the raptors best players especially when kyle's out haven't been performing it's tough i think both fred and siakam kind of suffer from some inconsistencies um they can have big nights they can have low scoring nights they're obviously going to play hard on the defensive end for you and that's kind of what you expect from them night to night. And then if they go off and score a lot, you're just happy with that. The defensive efforts and things, though, I mean, that might be an area where the COVID-19 virus has really impacted their game, just not having that full wind and air that they usually have and endurance. I mean, Pascal Siakam's had some good games. Like he scored 36 against Golden State. He played well in the Portland game. I mean, but it's just we need that more on a night to night basis. And it doesn't seem like we have anyone that's stepping up every single night, maybe outside of OG and Anobi. The person I kind of look at is Kyle Lowry. I mean, he hasn't really had a big game for us in a while. And when he's out there, just looks like Fred too, but a little bit worse a lot of the time. And he's been injured a ton as well. Um, So Kyle Lowry, since, since the trade deadline came and gone, his, his last two games that he did play were both horrific. Yeah, I think I think his heart might be out of it after he didn't get traded. I feel like a possibility. He used all his juice trying to carry the Raptors in the first few games where Fred, OG, and Siakam were out with COVID. He was playing awesome in those games, getting like twenty assists and scoring points, and it was just him and Norm. And then after they lost a few of those games, he was just like, "This is hopeless. (laughs) What am I doing? (laughs) Why am I using all my energy right now?" And just has kind of. He's definitely slipped off a little bit and kind of makes you wonder whether we should have traded him. Like, I don't know. I'm having second thoughts about that. It's, I felt okay about it last week. Then after watching this week, it's like, if we're just going to be losing to OKC in Detroit, why did we not trade Lowry? I, uh, I don't know. I'm depressed, guys. It's a tricky spot. I think with Kyle Lowry's age, I wouldn't be surprised if they just rested him a lot the rest of the season. I mean, like not quite the Al Horford treatment, but something similar and just not playing him when he's at all banged up. Like he's an older player and he deserves to be treated that way, especially because if we ever do get back to a place where the Raptors are relevant, we're going to have to lean on him if he stays with the team. So I don't see why we wouldn't rest him quite a bit, especially in a season where it looks like we're trying to get a Jalen Suggs or whoever we might want. Yeah. Do you guys think this season is actually over or are like the, is the COVID recovery stretch just brutal because everyone's recovering from COVID and in a week or two, the conditioning is going to be back and we'll pull off a string of wins. 
So I think the, the, they could definitely make the plans if they want to, but I think as a franchise, they should choose to end the season, which, which brings me to this question. If the Raptors do decide to pull the plug, who are going to be their biggest tank commanders? Who is going to be driving the L's for the Raptors if they decide to, to pull the, to pull the plug? I think it's clearly going to be Aaron Baines, but just like before that, do you actually think that the franchise is going to pull the plug? Not not whether it's the right decision or wrong decision. Like I think so far, none of the indications have been that they're going to tank. Other than not picking up another center, either off the buyouts or making a trade, they like they haven't done anything to shore mm-hmm. up the center position. But other than that, they kept Lowry at the deadline. The the Gary Trent trade was more of a a lateral move. Like it wasn't ending their their season. So I kind of feel like they're still trying to win, and they just aren't able to right now. Right, and I think that's that's definitely the case. And I think sort of with the upcoming preview, Raptors play two teams this week that are right behind them in the standings. And it's like if you lose those games and you're tied with wins for with the Wizards and the Bulls, you know, like at that point, I think you gotta you gotta think about tanking even more because it becomes so much more attractive if you're already down there, right? I think the decision's already been made, guys. I think they are tanking. I mean, really, they went. Four and oh and four last week, and this week they're three and one and three. Um, I but think they already are trying, are they're playing their starters like 35 minutes a game, like they're not just like benching their starters. It doesn't, I, th- I think Kyle Lowry probably is not hurt, it's just he's not, not in it right now. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. The reporting is that like he's had a toe infection all season that he's been playing with and it's not getting better. Right. And so and he's been playing rest. with it all season. He could probably continue to play with it if they were in contention, nah, but as they're not, they're sitting him. But like, why would we sit our 26 and 27 year olds? Like we want to develop them. But if you just put in Aaron Baines in the right minutes, that's enough to swing <laughs> the game. Or you just play some off the bench guys a little bit more. Like our bench is garbage, so it, it's going it to be really easy to tank is. while you play the starters a bunch too. There's a reason why our net rating is so high, and we're still losing so many games. And <laughs> so you think Nick Nurse is out there sabotaging the team? You have like Fred and Siakam and OG trying their hearts out, and it's just like Nick Nurse is just like, ah, nope, you're doing too well. Here comes Aaron Baines. <laughs> like yeah, I just don't think that's the calculus that's going on in these guys' heads. The coaching staff is not does not think like that. I guarantee they don't think like that. The players don't think like that. Like I think the only people that would be thinking like that or the front office and they haven't done the moves that I would have expected from a team that's going full tank mode. That's so, what's so beautiful. It's a stealth tank. This is like the <laughs> Mona Lisa of tanks. You know, it's like, it's so beautiful because no one can even see that it's going on. All you see is the L's keep piling up and you're like, how is this team losing? It's, it's magical. This is, this is the beauty of it. They're going to get by all the leagues sort of catching teams tanking stuff because they're just going to keep losing. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. And then there'll be a big surprise next year when they decide to turn it on. But I think there's a key switch here and it's on the defensive end. And the next point in our notes here is to talk about defense and where is it? And it's obvious there's a massive black hole in our defense and that's at the rim. Mm -hmm. And it changes everything the Raptors do. I think one of the big reasons why I think they're tanking is because they continue to play this risky force turnover style of defense where they're trying to jump passing lanes and swipe into the ball and getting aggressive, even though they know they have no one behind them to clean that up. Like that made sense when you had Marcus Sol and Serge Ibaka defending the restricted area, protecting the rim. It made a lot of sense. 
But when you have Aaron Baines and Chris Boucher back there or Pascal Siakam back there, you can't be risky on the perimeter because then you're just giving up layups. And they haven't changed the defensive scheme at all. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I think they're tanking because that's an easy place they could, by playing a little more conservatively, packing the paint a little more, they could easily improve their defense. But they're just not taking that low-hanging fruit. Totally agree. And that was that was so on display against OKC. Like those guys are such scrubs and they're just getting so many layups against the Raptors because they were randomly getting double teamed or going for steals and whatnot. To me, scheme isn't the biggest issue with it's their definitely defense. Not. It's definitely it's, not. Like I think the scheme should work. It's just when like this is we're gonna harp on this point i guess of like aaron baines is just like he's not even a top 45 nba center i don't think he's He's not even a top 100 he he probably shouldn't be in the nba realistically oh it's stop like you're being crazy now no no no. he 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 is that bad play in europe like (laughs) he's he doesn't help your offense and this season he doesn't help your defense in past seasons he was a pretty good rim protector he could just like go out stand there and be a brick wall but this season he's just too slow he, and he doesn't he just does nothing positive on the court when i watch him play there's nothing positive anyways so we don't have an nba center and i think we're realizing why nba centers are always the defensive players of the year because they have by far the most impact in the regular season we just don't have one on our roster and it's like it's really hard to play defense with four out of five guys being really good and then one guy just being a train wreck and it's your most important piece like cuz we have like with our other starters of Lowry, Freddie, OG, and Siakam, those guys have all been good to great defensive players. I think Lowry has like slipped a little bit this year, but the other guys are all in their prime and playing great defense. I think Fred, if the Raptors were a better team, would have a legit case to be an all-NBA defender. OG, when he's healthy, is absolutely one of the five best defensive players in the league, I think. And then Siakam's a really good defender too. And it's crazy that our defense has gone from second last year to 18th this year with four guys that are that good at defense and it's just i think also our bench has been terrible on defense and there's no cohesion as soon as we take guys out of like from from our core four as soon as we remove some of them our defense just falls off a cliff and so it's just i think it's front office failings more than anything else this season i agree with a lot of what you're saying ben the center is the most important position as far as defense it's obviously the eraser the person who makes up for mistakes they're the person who's the foundation protecting the rim and we don't have a good option there and it's not just aaron baines okay he's playing 18 minutes a game on average this season and that's gone way down since the beginning of the season chris boucher is also not a trusty backline center either right well he's Neither just is not Pascal a center. siakam or og ananobi i mean he's fine in isolation defending the post perhaps but help defense he's not quite at the level of someone like a Serge Ibaka who would be a great player to have for this team but that's a problem and yes the front office did not address it at the trade deadline they didn't address it at the buyout market and maybe that's because they're choosing to lose but they're also not changing how they play to make up for those shortcomings they're not adjusting anything they're still playing these gambles all the time to give people lanes to the basket and I'm just scratching my head. If you really wanted to win games, you would change that because you know where your weak spot is. Let's hide our weakness instead of exposing it. But how do we hide our weakness when, like, when our weakness is just like the heart of the defense? If you don't have rim protection, like, how do you hide not having rim protection? 
Well, I think you could play a lot more drop coverage with Baines, right? And just if he's sitting there at the room waiting for you, like he's kind of hard to jump into because he's so beefy. But instead, they have him doing a lot of stuff on the perimeter because, you know, that's that's the way that they play defense. You play a lot more conservatively on defense. Like instead of gambling, you sag off a little bit. You pack the paint a little more. You help a little more in the zone in the middle. But they're not doing any of that stuff. They're still gambling for steals and trying to get points in transition. Maybe that's because they don't have anyone on offense that can make a shot for themselves either. So there's a whole mix of things that are feeding into this terrible defense. To give the Raptors some credit, and I, you know, I hate to do this, they are leading the league and generating turnovers. Like it is working that as intended. Like they are turning teams over a lot, and you are right that it does help their offense quite a bit because their offense has been equally bad. They also give up the most free throws in the league and foul the most. And they foul by far the most of any team when they're in the penalty. So when they're already in the bonus, they have so many non-shooting fouls Mm -hmm. in that time where they're just giving the other team free points. And I think that's a lack of cohesion on defense. And also just the fatigue plays a part in that where it's really hard to play elite defense when you're tired and you're recovering from COVID. And I think in the last few weeks, certainly with their... With their core guys, the defense has slipped a little bit. Um, and it's just, yeah. the season is cursed. That's all, that's what it really comes Keep down going, to. going, Ben. These are just beautiful brushstrokes in the Mona Lisa of tanking. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let's not get too deep into doom and gloom here. I still think, you know, there are some bright spots on the roster this past week. And who would you guys say was the Raptors kind of performer of the week? Who's been the shining light in the ocean of darkness? It's got to be the new acquisition, the young gun, Gary Trent Jr. He's he's had the greenest of lights and he's been taking advantage of it. He he's been he's been on fire this week. It's good to see. I kind of disagree honestly. I mean, wow. I I think Gary Trent Jr. solid second place, but OG Ananobi's been playing really well. Actually, can I take my answer back? It's Aaron Baines. For you. It's oh Aaron Baines. Gosh. It's Aaron Baines. He he's been magnificent this week. The own goal, I think we had, we theorized about this. How how long would it take for for a player to score on their own net over and over again before something would happen? And I think we saw Aaron Baines try a little bit of that. So that was pretty pretty awesome to watch. The notes specifically say, Aaron, don't say Baines. Okay, just because he's your namesake doesn't mean you should pick him for this award. OJ Ananobi's actually had a good week. He's averaging 20 points a game. He's passing off the dribble quite a bit playing good defense still like I'm seeing a lot of promise in his offensive game this week. And I really like that. Gavin, uh, what I don't think you're seeing is that like Aaron Baines, I'm, I'm from the other part of the world where I see things upside down and you know, I see, I see winning is bad and losing is good. So you know, Aaron Baines has been great. Uh, ben, what do you be think? Gary Trent, of podcasts. Um, Gary Trent or OJ Ananobi, who would you give it to? Uh, I think you're totally right on OG. He's been awesome and he's taken some of the more some more of the offensive possessions that Norman Powell would have taken and he's taken advantage of that. And his yeah, his development of his offense is coming along smoothly. He's taking a variety of shots. There was one time this week where he took like a step back Dirk Nowitzki-esque shot from the post and I was like "Ooh, this is part of OG's game now I like it I like it but Gary Trent is the shiny new toy and he's been a really good player so far for them I think the trade is looking pretty good for him so I'm happy 
having his rights in the offseason is going to be nice. And he's by far our youngest gun now. And so I'm looking forward to seeing his development going forwards. Yeah. How old is OG? He's like 23, right? Gary Trent's 22. That's all yeah, I know. Yeah, Gary Trent is younger. 22. OG Ananobi is 23. And they're probably the two most young, promising players on the squad. They both look great. Solid defenders that can score a bit. Like Great pieces to have around an all-star, which hopefully yeah. we can get eventually. Like getting Cade Cunningham, he would fit perfectly on this team. Perfectly. Mm-hmm. They need a wing who can dribble and initiate the offense and and score and play defense. He'd be perfect. Yeah, we just got to keep our fingers crossed until the draft night lottery. You know what I mean? Just keep them crossed, guys. For the next three months, fade for Cade, and he would be a great acquisition for the team. Guys, I, I have a promise to make here. All right, if the Raptors get a top five pick in this draft. I will buy myself an Aaron Baines jersey. <laughs> okay, that's a great one. I love that. Yeah, okay. Um, I hope you wear it proudly. <laughs> you just have like eggs thrown at you in public. <laughs> no, this is this is what it takes. This is what it takes. Only Aaron Baines understands. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hate tanking. Aaron, you put in this thing about Pythagorean theorem in our notes. What the heck were you talking about? Please let me know. All right, so the Pythagorean theorem for basketball is basically that the amount of wins you should get is decided by how many points you score and how many points you give up, not by the individual record that or the individual game record that you have. So the Raptors have a plus 0.5 point differential, so you'd expect that they would be just above a 500 team or around a 500 team, but instead the Raptors are 11 games below 500. So they have one of the biggest difference in sort of the expected wind wind differential and the actual wind differential. So that would imply that they've been an extremely unlucky team this year. And the reason why people care about this is that it has some predictive value and that going forward teams that, that score evenly with other teams are typically 500 teams. And, you know, so, so it's basically saying the Raptors are an average team not not bottom of the league yeah per cleaning the glass they've lost 5.4 more games so far this season than you would expect and so that swing would basically put them back to 500 yeah exactly and that's by far the worst margin in the league as well um and probably one of the worst all-time marks and if they keep it going like they had a positive point differential this week even though they went one and three because they beat (laughs) they beat the golden state by 53 points right so interestingly oklahoma city has the highest number at 6.5 extra wins yes (laughs) over expectations and they either get blown out or they win a close one (laughs) yeah so they've been doing everything they can to lose but i think the raptors are set up to really maximize the differential here and to lose a lot more games than they probably should for the quality of their team they have key players they can put in in high pressure situations to completely bomb it no matter what happens and uh, that's what it takes to punt in this league but to me this is more indicative of they've been unlucky so far with this season and Mm -hmm. that's just random variation and like i don't why would we expect that to continue over the course of the season I don't right. like I think you expect I, those things to balance out in the long run. I I actually believe in the Pythagorean theorem like part here. I think the Raptors are probably a 500 team, right? Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. just going forward 500 isn't going to get you a meaningful playoff spot. So right. you know, why bother? Right? So yes, right. absolutely they could 
what I'm really worried about, my biggest fear for this season is the Raptors don't embrace the tank and they end up getting like the 10th best record in the league or sorry, the 10th worst record in the league and, and don't get a high lottery pick when all I would have taken is, is a little bit of tank embracement. But, but that's exactly why I have this angst and this anxiety about what's going on so far this season is because there has been no indications that they're actually trying to tank other than these strings of bad losses that keep piling up over and over again. It's like, I think we're going to end up in that 10th seed that you're worried about because like these losses are unfortunate, but we're not actually trying to tank. And so it's like by the end of the season, we're going to have a like we're, we're not going to be in that bottom tier. So here's the difference between know. us, Ben, is you need to emotionally hedge everything and I can be optimistic and, and hope for the losses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember watching the playoffs with you and they were doing the finals run every game when they whenever anything bad would happen, it was the sky is falling. The Raptors are season's over. They're going to lose, right? <laughs> no, I'm still optimistic about the season. You're the one that's given up hope and now is rationalizing that I'm not, by like I'm not enjoying hope. The- I know that I know this team is enjoy all the losses I know this team is good I also know what's best for them it's like tough love what's best for them is to go on a sick run in the play-ins crush the other play-in teams then go and take out the nets in the first round and go to the finals that would be what's best for them Aaron I don't know if that's optimism or lunacy to be honest (laughs) with you um but I would be happy fiction. either direction. I just don't if, want to be in the middle. I don't want to get the 10 seed yeah. and lose to Indiana in the play-in series. But this is like, this is what drives me nuts about the buyout market is that we haven't addressed the center position. I think we could be a real play-in threat. And like, honestly, I think by the end of the season, we're going to be a play-in team. I just, this organization has not embraced the tank and I don't expect it to happen. So I think we're going to be fighting for the play-ins till the end. And it's like, if you're going to be in that position, get Georgie Jang off the buyouts. Like, what were we doing there? I don't like, think we had a chance at Georgie Jang. I think he wanted to go to the Spurs. Why does he want to go to the Spurs to be a backup to Pirtle? He could be our starting okay. center and get 35 minutes a game. Like, who, the wants, playoffs. who wants to play in Tampa Bay for the rest of the season, right? I then don't know. The weather's like, is Tampa Bay worse than San Antonio? Yeah, it's yeah. a shit city. <laughs> like... Is that really why no one wants to come here and why we couldn't trade for any center? Like why there's just it's impossible to get a center to come start and get 35 minutes a game so your next contract is better? Like I don't understand how it's so hard to convince people to come here. It's I'm losing my mind. I we've never been able to get good free agents. Like who have we ever signed? But this is just like fringe NBA guys that are like getting bought out. Like Georgie Dang is just like he was a backup for Memphis and he could come be our starter. Like is is starting not appealing to people anymore. Ben, I I think I honestly think that if the Raptors had a better record, you would see stuff like that happen, like taking chances to improve with the margins. But I I think the front office is, is kind of just like, let's see if this group can do it. If not, I think by the last sort of month of the season, they're going to, they're going to keep the tanking option open. They're, they're too smart to not see sort of what the Mavericks did to get Doncic as being like a valuable thing, right? Like they had a decent roster, but they chose they chose to go for a high pick and they got the franchise changer. And it's like this draft, they definitely there's definitely franchise changers available. Like you have to be aware of that if you're a front office. Okay. Maybe, maybe now the front office is trying that. But let's go earlier in the season. Cutting Alex Len. What did that get us? We just lost another option at center. He didn't look good for us when he played, but he's at least a seven foot body that could have Come in and like maybe if you give him more of a chance, he plays a little bit better than Baines. Alex, Alex Len is useless. 
I think he's been like mediocre for Washington. Like he hasn't been a train wreck for them. Um, he's been pretty and bad. Baines has been a train wreck. Like I just, we don't have any other alternatives though. It's like, it's like the organization's like, we need to give Baines as much opportunity as possible. Let's remove every other potential center and never bring anyone else in so <laughs> that he has to get tanking. at least 18 That's minutes a game. On. It's crazy. See the brush strokes, Ben. Uh, Honestly, if we're dependent on Alex Len to get us through the play-in rounds, I'd rather be tanking. Like it's that's, not, it's that's dark. It's that's just dark. we we don't have a f- nether f- center on the roster. It's insane. Henry, I Johnson. don't know. He okay. I mean, he's a G League player. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> we might see more of him down the stretch here. That are we going to see some Dewan Hernandez? I don't know. Ooh. I don't think he's even on the team anymore. I don't, I don't think know. so. He's um, not listed on their basketball reference. That's for sure. So speaking of the, of the tanking, this week's preview, it, it's going to be a tough one. The Raptors play a lot of teams that, that you know, that, that take losing pretty seriously right now. The first game on Monday, they play the Washington Wizards, who I think have 17 wins. So the Raptors 19. So that, that's, that's going to matter for the lottery odds there. Then on Tuesday, the Raptors play the Los Angeles Lakers. And this is the LeBron and Anthony Davis list. Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers are obviously trying to win, but like their their team's pretty bad without their two stars. They they could easily lose that game. Now on Thursday, we're playing the Chicago Bulls, and the Bulls are actually trying to win, and they made the Vucevic trade. So I'm I'm pretty interested to see what they look like this game. But notably, they've been pretty horrific in the last bunch of games, and they haven't looked great with Vucevic either. So kind of worried about that one too. And then the last game of the week is on Saturday. We're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're obviously trying to tank at this point. They have one of the worst records in the East. I think they're they're still at 17 wins. But you know, all these games to me are are surprisingly and terrifyingly winnable for the Raptors. What do you guys think about them? We've gotten three days of rest, two day, two two full days of rest before the Monday game. I think that's going to be important for our team recovering from all the COVID, like we've been talking about. You know what? I'm going to stay on the optimism train and go with another 4-0 week. Oh, my God. <laughs> all these teams are bad. We should beat all of these teams with our healthy lineup. So 4-0, baby. I just I, had to meditate there to get those negative thoughts out of my head. <laughs> we got fire and ice on the podcast here. Um, I'm looking at this, and I see three teams that are desperately trying to win. The Washington Wizards, of course they want that 10th seed. They're desperately trying to win. Any semblance of making Russell Westbrook look like a decent player, they're trying to get there. He's been okay recently. Yeah, he's been playing better than usual lately. Uh, The Los Angeles Lakers, they probably are circling the Raptors as one of the games they need to win to go 500 in this stretch, and I think that's their goal. Uh, Chicago Bulls, they made some deals. They're desperately trying to get in the playoffs. They're probably going to be, I think, one of the hardest teams like one of the hardest playing teams, especially if Zach Levine is healthy by then, which he very well could be Zach with a bit of an ankle sprain. He's kind of game time decision today. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers, oh, they're tanking too, and they might be better at it than the Raptors. I'm going to give this one, I'm leaning between one and three and two and two. I'm going to say one and three. That's going to be my final choice. One and three this week. Gavin, well, I mentally agree with your record. I need to be the voice of optimism on this podcast. I did it last week and it almost worked. I'm going to do it again. Oh, and four. 
0-4. I think that they can do it. And I think we might start seeing, especially if a couple of these games go the wrong way, we might see might see some less subtle signs of tanking mm. it's i think it's possible what would a less subtle sign be to you aaron just curious you know guys like fred van vliet and ojan and obi just like mysterious injuries you know out not back, playing out with back spasms yeah not playing on back-to-backs you know you know just like you know protect these guys long-term long-term health you know like you know no reason to win this game it's okay mm. that, that's what i would happen ben how would you feel if they started to do that you know what? Honestly, if the if the team actually makes a concrete decision to start tanking, I would embrace the tank. Just because they haven't done it yet, that's why I still think they're going to end up in the play-ins and I think they're still trying to be good. And it also hurts. It's hard to watch a team tanking when the players are trying. When Fred is just depressed after the game, after they've lost like seven games in a row, he's just at the podium in almost in tears it's like that's hard to watch i love fred i don't want to see him go through that and it's if if they start getting these like fake injuries and sitting out and all the players are kind of like okay we're we're chilling this season that would make it a lot easier for me to watch it's it's hard for me to feel bad for these guys because just a couple of years ago they won the championship so you know like they, they had a lot go right for them in that season so i don't really feel bad for them but this is the first season that most of these guys have been on a bad team. I think Kyle Lowry, his first season with the Raptors, they were not good. But then after that, they started winning a ton of games. And so most of these guys have never been in a losing situation before. And it's a new experience for them. And its I don't think they like it very much. I, I hope good. that they hate it. I hope yeah. that they hate it. Next year, they need to be good. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'm like driving my car and the thought just comes across my mind about the 2019 championship. And I'm just smiling from ear to ear. Like it happens oh, on it a weekly beautiful. basis. Yeah. I, I get reminded by something as I'm driving that they won the championship in 2019. I go, oh, yeah, that was awesome. And then I just that smile. Yeah. Like I can take two or three seasons of this and still be happy about that 2019 win. For sure. For sure. We cannot complain about the Raptors for like at least another like five to 10 years, no matter how many mistakes they make and how bad they get. I really thought they'd never win a championship. I was so discouraged when they got swept by LeBron and it just seemed like the Raptors could never get any big name free agents and they had to pay like twice as much for the same talent as a big market like Los Angeles. They just have so much working against them as far as recruitment and getting players that just winning that one championship was something I thought I'd never see in my life. And I was proven wrong, you know, so I'm on cloud nine for the next 10 years of Raptors fandom. (laughs) For sure. For sure. No doubt about it. I'm more of a what have you done for me lately type of guy. (laughs) (laughs) Ungrateful. That's what you are. No, I'm just messing with you. All right. Well, let's wrap it up here, guys. If you have an email or a question you want to submit to us, hit us up at raptorsreviewmail at gmail.com. That's raptorsreviewmail at gmail.com. We'd love to discuss your points, your argumentation, your weird, wacky questions on the air. Until next time, let's cheer for the 0-4 or the 4-0, depending on what side you're on of the fire and ice discussion, the Ben and Aaron heated match. And uh, go Raptors, go. Talk to you later. Bye for now.